0: sponsor juniper Apstra's intent-based multi-vendor networking solution helps you build your data center network to a specific design then make sure it stays within that spec deployment automation and continuous validation find out more at juniper.net packet pushers slash appstra. welcome to the ipv6
1: Buzz podcast where we dare to dive into the 128-bit address space wormhole Quick reminder, there's sponsorship opportunities available for IPv6 Buzz and the other Packet Pusher podcast shows. So if you're interested, go to packetpushers.net slash sponsorship, and you can get all the details there. Uh, if you've got something cool working with v6, hey, we definitely want to hear about it. So come join us on the v6 Buzz. We'd love to talk about IPv6, obviously. <laughs> I'm I'm Ed Horley with my co-host, Tom Koffi, and Scott has Hogue. And uh, I think today we're going to sort of just do an end of year wrap up uh, for um, for 2021. Right, guys? I think that was... Uh, the goal here, just to sort of wrap up the year and say, and mainly to say thank you to all the listeners out there.
2: That was the year that was in IPv6. <laughs> yeah, but really, thanks, thanks a lot to our listeners this year and for for joining us on our IPv6 journey on IPv6 Buzz. It's been uh, we've covered a lot of ground, and we hope it's been entertaining and and useful and and enlightening for folks.
3: Yeah, I, it's great to hear from our listeners too. The, the times when we've had people chime in, ask questions, send us ideas for topics to cover, that's been great. And when we, when we meet people out there in the real world, you know, and they say, hey, you know, we enjoy your IPv6 podcast. I'm like, wow, I'm surprised you listened to it. That's great. You know? and, I, and I'm ex- encouraged. I think we're all encouraged that people are listening and enjoying what we have to say about IPv6. And we're going to continue that into next year. Yeah.
1: Hopefully, hopefully people aren't yelling at their podcast or, or, or whatever they're listening at. Like you guys are crazy. You don't know what you're talking about, but um, well, maybe they're doing that, but hopefully they still listen anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, maybe, maybe, the, I mean, we had a fantastic year, good guests and good topics and, and everything else. And I know we probably don't need to rehash everything that was sort of, a, uh, uh, you know, what we we're up to, but I do think there was something sort of unique at the end of the year here. We had the, the UK IPv6 council that, uh, that's uh, hosted there. Sort of, they they hold an annual meeting in the in in the winter, and um, and have a bunch of folks that come and present and and talk and and sort of go over things about what's going on, uh, principally in the UK and also in Europe. But uh, occasionally they get some of us across the other side of the pond uh, here in the US uh, to to talk and present. And they had some really good uh, sessions this time around. Uh, I was just here just a um, less than a week ago. From when we're recording this, so I think uh, some really good content. If you're, if the folks on the show want to, the listeners want to go check it out. We'll put the link in the show notes. But uh, it was, it was a really good event. I, I attended and, and was lucky enough to sort of speak at it also. But uh, but uh, I, I found the content to be really good, and maybe we can cover just a few highlights off of that if you guys are okay with that.
3: Yeah, but the the UK IPv6 Council has been really active for for many years. They've got you know strong leadership and. You know if you check out not just you know the recent event that they've had but previous events the the content is available the the recordings uh, the videos uh really great so look at you know this event but even in recent years you know the the presenters the quality of the presentations they've had have all been very high and very relevant very current um definitely yeah, I don't know. a great amount of I don't know
1: why they listen to me then. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, we've all presented at the event, I think, in the past. Yes, yeah. I presented on cloud stuff. Um, yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Veronica McKillop has done a fantastic job mm-hmm. and she's actually been a guest on the show. Um, so yeah. it was, it's really, really great the work that she's done with the, the V6 Council in, in the UK. Yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely. Well, hey, I, the ones that stood out for me for uh, if if you're in data center or you're in cloud and you're dealing with V6 only in Kubernetes, and there was some really good, really good discussion around that. And then Ivan Pepinyak gave a really good discussion about IPv6 and public cloud because,
2: you know, Ivan's Ivan. <laughs> <So> <laughs> and and that was Nico Scatelius, right, that did the. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, He's did. been he's been a guest. Yeah, as he's well. Been on the, yeah.
1: yeah. And so is Ivan. <laughs> yeah. So is Ivan. Yeah. <laughs> The the one that we're missing we have to get on the show is Fernando. He gave an update on the ITF publications that was that was a nice summary around all of that. And then there was some, uh, you know, Tim Winters who we had on the show uh, before was giving some some good information about some right five five four you know bids uh, requirement updates. And then um, let's see, Xi Jinping, um, uh, Xi Jinping Xiao, I guess it is from Huawei. Gave an IPv6 status update, just a general one for Asia Pacific, but then also just general status overall, which was pretty fascinating, actually. He gave some pretty good stats on that. And then Doug Montgomery from NIST, um, who's been on the show, <laughs> mm-hmm. gave some gave some stuff around what's going on with the U.S. government. Um, but these were Craig these Miller.
2: were all, oh sorry, go ahead. Go oh no no go ahead. No, no I was going mean, to say what's... these were all the opening acts for Ed Horley from the U.S.
1: Yeah yeah no, <laughs> no he was no, the headliner. Yeah, no, no, no. I, was a, <laughs> I was the last one out the door keeping you between. Hey, that is the that headliner. That's, That's the headliner. Everyone went <laughs> on before oh, you, show, dropped
3: the mic. Uh, no, I was.
1: But um, uh, and then uh, Craig Miller who I actually didn't know and never heard uh, before, but gave an interesting one on sort of some IPv6 C- uh, CPE wishlist stuff for Soho ipv 6 CPEs. So it was interesting. And then I just I just gave a presentation on um, uh, the title was Hey, ITF the IPv6 doc prefix is too small. Uh, just sort of talking over, you know, some 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 of the current draft stuff that we're trying to work on around trying to get a little bit more documentation and lab prefix space uh, to make things a little bit easier. Uh, but there was really good discussions and some Q and A throughout it. Uh, early on, there was some some overview about what you know what BT and Sky were doing around their their networks and what the current status was and where things were at, which was pretty useful in terms of sort of understanding what service providers are up to. That was pretty cool. All anyway. right. There you go. Quick, uh, quick little summary around what the UK event is. I really encourage everyone to sort of um, uh, to, to do exactly what Scott said. They they have some fantastic content. It's all up on YouTube. You can watch it for free uh, zero cost. So, you, um, you know, you can skip mine so you don't have to hear me blather, but you can certainly catch everyone else's content and be able to
2: see it all. So. <laughs> You're, you can, you can try to get off the hook for that, Ed, but we're, you know, we're going to pin you down. So the uh, the itf uh and the documentation prefix i'm sure there's a few listeners out there who are like what's going on with that i'm not really sure i mean they may may be aware of the documentation prefix but uh, let's i think we should spend a couple minutes talking about that because i think it's important and our our listeners will probably agree
1: uh yeah so we uh so the current documentation prefix is 2001 db8 colon colon slash 32. um if anyone has tried to build you know, recent v6 networks are probably a 32 isn't large enough to even, you know, get started. And there's a whole variety of reasons why. And maybe some of the discussions and articulations around that are things like if you're going into public cloud and you're doing bring your own address space, I don't know, Tom, we've talked about this a bunch you know, oh, yeah. so privately okay. offline, but uh, once you account for all the regions and geographies and everything else that you want to do just for AWS, never mind Azure and Google and anyone else that you want to potentially account for, you're, you uh, you start consuming past the 32 in, in a hurry and it's very hard to come up with sort of design and architectures uh, to Yeah to and that. and
2: and we don't really know what that necessarily what that topology is going to look like for the long term I mean it's still pretty early days so I mean I would yeah. even I would even say I mean this this was impacting me back in 2012 2011 when I'm working on address plans where it, you know at the service provider level where you know, I'm announcing multiple slash 32s. Well, how do I document that? You know, do I, do I just uh, carbon copy the, the one documentation prefix that's available? And then, you know, there's ambiguity as to what lives where and how it's being routed. Do I just squat in some other space that's not yeah. used? And that's I've done that in the past where it's like, hey, there's this other, you know, slash 16 lying around that's plenty big and I'll just use that knowing that it's not routable and nobody's nobody's actually numbered into it. But then that causes confusion as well. Somebody mm-hmm. that, you know, that doesn't necessarily know, they look at that prefix and they're there's no clarity is it is that a is that part of the GUA is that a is that part of the documentation prefix did you know what did I miss here so right. it, it's been this has been impactful for a really long time and it just seems a little bit silly that you know with the address space that's available that we we don't uh, you know we haven't already sort of remedied this by just expanding the space So that's really what the ITF drafts there's because there's there's actually two there's the one for documentation but then there's also the the lab prefix one then maybe you could talk a little bit about what that's to do.
1: Yeah, I just think that I, I think we need space for labs. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. that simple. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think we I think people need to be able to build labs to to sort of demonstrate what's going on. But you want to ensure that what you're building isn't going to, you know, number one, consume uh, existing address space that you do have allocated for yourself. It seems mm-hmm. foolish to, you know, maybe it, it depends on what your address plan uh, design architectures are. Maybe you. Maybe you request a 32 and you ask for a whole another 32 just to be able to document, you know, to build a lab of your existing 32, which is perfectly legitimate in my mind's eye. Um, but many, people, many folks don't do that or they need to share a lab with someone else uh, for some other reason uh, or they want to build it in a public cloud and make it available for other for the folks. But, uh, you know, they're going to do something like, you know, MPTV six or put a server load balancer or put a proxy in front of it to not make it generally available in terms of just making it wide open. You just need space to be able to do that, so I just felt like uh, getting some lab space would make a lot of sense.
2: And, and why doesn't ULA work for that? I mean, that's the first answer that you get back, right? And there, but there's yeah. a good, there's this there's like a dirty little secret here, right?
1: Yeah, ULA doesn't work particularly well when you're when you're in dual stack environments. I actually think ULA is useful if you're going to do v6 only, right? V6 mm-hmm. only, you can definitely you can definitely talk about using ULA for for some of these purposes. But the reality is that's not the world we live in today. We're going to live in a dual stack world for quite a. Quite a while here and uh and so ula becomes a problematic just like we talked on previous shows it just doesn't yeah. it has this whole set of structural problems but we're way off base from just hand.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah hey, this is us right this even at the end of the yeah. year it's like oh man we're gonna just
0: go down the rat hole of ipv6 I interrupt this podcast conversation, and possibly myself, to explain who the heck sponsor Appstra is. In a nutshell, multi-vendor network automation plus continuous validation. And I stress multi-vendor, because if you've been paying attention to acquisition news, you know that Appstra was bought by Juniper a while back, so you might be thinking you don't care about Appstra unless you're a Juniper shop, and that is just not true. Appstra can handle data center network automation across a spectrum of vendors. So what do we mean by data center automation anyway? We mean that you design the DC network to meet some business requirements you have, and you do that within the Astra interface, and let's say it's leaf spine with EVPN. appstra has got access to the network devices themselves, and it takes your intent to create that leaf spine physical network with an EVPN overlay and configures it for you. I mean, Astra can't plug the cables in for you, right? You still have to do that bit. But Astra can tell you when the cabling is out of whack, whether that's during the day zero build out phase or the day two, hey, it looks like an optic failed phase. And that's sort of the point here. Cabling, routing relationships, device and link addressing, inter-switch links, VLANs, VTEPs, mappings, Tons of these things, so many that you don't want to have to do that configuration yourself. It seems fun until you're actually building it, and then you realize it's totally not fun. You want software to stand up the data center fabric for you. Software's not going to fat finger an address. Software's not going to forget to update BGP policy. Software, software loves you, (laughs) right? Okay, not all software loves you, but AppStra software does, so much so that it not only helps get that fabric built, but keeps it built the way you intended, some was out of spec after will enforce your intent which should help you reduce security vulnerabilities by the way and alert you to the bits that need a human's attention Apstra claims up to 80 percent improvements in operational efficiency 70 percent improvements in mean time to resolution and 90 percent improvements in time to deliver and that is a lot of love Find out more at juniper.net slash packetpushers slash abstra. If you're a data center network engineer, this is worth your investigation. Once more, that's juniper.net slash packetpushers slash abstra. And if you talk to your Juniper rep about abstra, make sure to tell them you heard about them on packetpushers. Juniper.net slash packetpushers slash abstra. And now back to the podcast. I don't want to give it
1: all away. There's some There's some actual content in there. <laughs> my presentation on the uk one you can go listen to it and then give us feedback uh and as kind mentioned we love we we love to hear listener questions and feedback we do get them all if you send them to the general packet pushers you put them over slack you can hit us on twitter Uh, we're more than happy we've got a couple topics here in the queue that we're going to be picking up for the beginning of the year one of them specifically on on some requests on DHCP v6 we heard you (laughs) so we'll have some conversations around around that specifically and then we've had some other ones around some more details for are around some enterprise discussions and architectures, and we'll definitely, we'll definitely tackle those in the new year. Um, I don't know, you guys. What are, I'm, I'm pretty thankful for how how the year's gone, and and um, and and definitely feel like we we covered a lot of topics around V6. Pretty excited to to cover more of them, and and it costs the the hopefully the pretty shortly here the 100 episode threshold count number, which I guess I guess we'll make a big deal of that can't believe we've had that much to talk
3: about (laughs) 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 remarkable it really is it really is i don't know i mean very thankful to our listeners uh we wish them all the happiness and health into the next year you know thank you for your time you
1: know listening to us
2: yeah thanks so much to our listeners
1: yep i can't i can't i can't uh i can't say any more than that so hey with that we don't have anything else to really sort of cover. So we run out of space on this podcast. (laughs) You can reach the IPv6 podcast on on Twitter at IPv6buzz. You can hit up each one of us on Twitter too. uh, Tom's at um, IPv6 Tom, Scott's at Scott and I'm at eHorley. And thanks for listening to IPv6buzz. You can find us on the Pack Pushers or any of your favorite podcast apps. Just search for IPv6buzz. Uh, If you like the show, please give us a rating on iTunes. You know, we love love that. And if you can get the, you know, if you like this podcast, we really recommend you check out Heavy Networking, Day 2 Cloud, Network Break. You know, and all the other great technical content at Packet Pushers, um, PacketPushers.net, that is. And um, hey, just a reminder, it's a little bit of a break before we start off in the new year. So we'll be gone for a little bit, but don't worry so long. And until next time, we'll see you on the internet, the IPv6 internet, that is.
0: Thanks for listening to IPv6 Buzz, a podcast devoted to truth, justice, and 128 bits of address space. IPv6.